Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Why does this keep happening? The same thing over and over and over. Another lefty comes in and shuts out the Brewers. This is such an easy scouting report, but yet the Brewers have tried to do things about it, but they haven't been able to solve it. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to sit here and complain too much about losing this game, but the fact is, this is going to be a, more than an Achilles heel. I mean, this is bigger than that. The, the Brewers cannot figure out left-handing pitching. It's such a weird anomaly, but at this point in the year, it's who you are. The Brewers get shut out by the Reds, 2-0 by a rookie who's a top prospect, don't get me wrong, Andrew Abbott. But once again, the Brewers just completely flat against a left-handed pitcher. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Look, we're not going to spend too much time on this tonight given the fact that they're coming right back home for a big series with the Orioles. But looking at this team now, they're 9-12 and 12 in games started by left-handed pitching. I'm going to get the firm number, but I, just my gut tells me, of those 21 games started by a lefty, they've been trailing when the lefty exits at least two-thirds of those games, probably more like 75% of those games. I'm going to have that firm number next time we have a show. And again, and today, today was the eighth shutout for the Brewers' offense. That's tied now for the most in baseball. Six of them have been started by a left-handed pitcher. Six. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. The other two, by the way, are Zach Gallen and Marcus Stroman. All-stars, right? But then you've got Abbott. And McClanahan's an all-star. You've got the bullpen day from the Giants when they started with Scott Alexander, and they had Rodgers, and they had Sean Mania throw a lot of bulk. They just kept throwing all of their lefties in that game, even though it was a bullpen day. Just Matthew Libertor with the Cardinals, who was making a spot start. They moved up the rotation in order to get a lefty into the rotation. It's a thing. It's truly a thing. And it's something to worry about for the rest of the season. If the Brewers are going to try to figure out what's going on, it needs to start with hitting left-handed pitching. And they got a lot of bad news today. Some good news, but specifically when it comes to facing left-handed pitching. Darren Ruff, he's going to be out for a few weeks. What an injury, man. What a brutal, brutal break for him. He's been transferred to the 60-day IL because of now a fractured right patella, a.k.a. a broken kneecap. Sound familiar? How did he walk off the field? Jeez, that was all from crashing into the tarp on Friday night in Cincinnati. So he's on the 60-day aisle. He'll be out at least eight weeks probably. So, I mean, you look at that. That's eight weeks to, you know, maybe get back to baseball activities at least, you know, be playing in games. And by the time that comes around, that's maybe early mid-August. So, I don't know what to tell you. Mike Brasso, who was advertised as the lefty killer and had a great spring training, saw Owen Miller take off when you know, he was maybe slated for those plate appearances and those at-bats against lefties, and he didn't perform at the start of the year, and he's a great clubhouse guy, I understand, and I really enjoy talking to Mike Brasso. But he's hitting 653 this season, with his OPS, that is, 653. Versus lefties... Just a 196 batting average. He's here to hit lefties. And if you're not hitting lefties and you have options available, they're going to go with the guys that are hitting. And that's the that's the truth. And we don't we all know that. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Craig Sean's going to join us a little bit later on here in the program. The Brewers, they fall to nothing. And you know what? I, I have to go on this mini rant about pitching or about a left-handed pitching. And I ignore the fact that Julio Tehran was great again today. 
the starting pitching has not been the problem this past week for the most part. It's been the offense. Julio Tehran, six strong innings. I don't know what more you can ask from the guy who was pitching in AAA in El Paso a couple of weeks ago. He has done his job and then some. Six and a third, six hits, two runs, just two solo homers. Generally, that's not going to beat you. One walk, five strikeouts. Threw 86 pitches, 60 strikes. Three starts, he's given the Brewers a chance to win in every single one of them, and yet he's one and two. It's crazy to me. He deserves better fate than that. It's been a weird week, and I don't want to get lost in complaining after winning a series, and that's all I've been asking the Brewers to do, just stack up series wins. And if this was in a different fashion, right, if you had won the last two games of the series and lost the game to the lefty on Saturday, I don't know maybe if you're reacting this way or not, but the point is the Brewers lost because a lefty started, and they underperformed offensively. Not because of their pitching, not because of their bullpen. The offense needs to find a way, and they are injured. I know that. Willie Adamas will be back this week. Luis Urias returned today. He didn't get a hit yet. He's still looking for his first hit of the 2023 season. Owen Miller's cooled off. Andre Monasterio had a tough day. Joey Weimer's heating up. We'll talk plenty about him coming up a little bit later on with Craig Kishon. And it's not going to get easier with the Baltimore Orioles coming to town. This is going to be a very important series for the Brewers. It's really a litmus test coming here. You know, they lose the series against the Rays down in Tampa. Now they're facing the team with the third best record in baseball. All three of the best records in baseball are in the American League. The Rays, the Orioles, and the Rangers. So the Brewers now facing a legitimate playoff caliber team. The Reds are staying in the hunt. The Pirates are probably going to beat the A's today, so they'll technically be in first place now, but I don't care about standings on June 5th. I care about records on June 5th. The fact that the Brewers... Or only four games under 500 may sound alarming, but reinforcements are coming. They got a lot of good news on the injury front today, and we're going to talk about, about Joey Weimer, talk about the Orioles, talk about all of that coming up here on Brewers Extra Innings. So just getting going on the program, we're presented to you by Fifth Third Bank with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come here, just getting going on Brewers Extra Innings. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers fall flat in the finale. I'm Dominic Petronio. They win three out of four in Cincy. But they can't do much else in this finale today. Joey Weimer was the story of the day for me. Yes, they lose 2-0. But his day and his road trip, he had a really good road trip. And hopefully, this is a sign of things to come for him. Joey went 2-for-3 with two doubles. The Brewers only had three hits today. Joey had two of them. Both of them for extra base hits. Yes, he struck out once. But this week, I just really like what I've seen from him seeing some confident swings, seeing some belief in there. So this road trip, he went 8 for 21. That's a 381 batting average with four doubles, a homer, and more walks than strikeouts. Five walks, four strikeouts. His average exit velocity was nearly 94 miles an hour, which means he's almost averaging a hard hit ball in play every time he makes contact. So that's certainly good news as well. I want to break more of it down with Craig Kishon when he joins us when his television duties are over, but I would just keep an eye on what's going on with Joey Weimer. As for the injury report, here's everything that went down before the game yesterday. We mentioned Darren Ruff going on to the 60-day IL. Tough news for him. Brasso down to AAA, and then Urias activated. But here's everything else when it comes to the uh, rehab front and the minor league uh, assignments and things of that nature. Right now, Eric Lauer is scheduled to head down to Nashville. Going to begin his uh, rehab tomorrow with the Sounds. Willie Adamas will arrive with the Sounds tomorrow and play Tuesday and Wednesday with them. Remember, Mondays are off days in the minor leagues, so uh, 
No games available for them to play today. That's why they're waiting until tomorrow. Winker will begin in Nashville on Wednesday. Jesse Winker's been out on the 10-day IL with a strained neck. Matt Bush will arrive in Nashville in the middle of the week as well. And then Wade Miley is going to start in double-A Biloxi because there's a limit on how many big leaguers you can have on the roster. Triple-A at a certain amount of time. Wade is going to start in Biloxi on Sunday. And then it might be, I don't want to guarantee it, but it might be a one-and-done for Wade Miley. And then he'll be right back into the rotation. And then you're going to have the decision to make whether you option Colin Ray. Do you keep? You got to keep Tehran in there, given the way that he's performed the last couple of weeks. Things like that have to be decided coming up for the Brewers. So that's all tentative right now. The Brewers are keeping afloat. The offense is on the way back. Now, Winker has not been a form of offense this season. I wonder how they're going to fit him back in when he returns. Uh, remember, they sent Luke Voigt down to a rehab assignment, and he never returned. Now Darren Ruff is out, so they do kind of need Winkers in the DH bat there against righties. But then you look at when Willie returns and Winker returns, now that Weicho's back, position player-wise, they kind of are who they are, aside from Tyrone Taylor. And another guy, Tyrone, has been off to a slow start with his elbow flaring up again. I wonder, now Sal Felix slowly getting back into uh, baseball activities right now from the torn ligament in his thumb. I wonder if Sal Freelick hits the ground running here at the end of the first half and really starts tearing the cover off the ball. If we see him very early in the second half. Now, I know he's left-handed, though. And that's where maybe the Brewers' hesitation would be to bring him up. But I wonder what their thinking will be in the future. Because, look, Blake Perk. The Brewers know this, and Blake knows this too. They saw him more as a depth piece and someone to develop a little bit more and give a little more seasoning in their time with him down in AAA, ideally. I don't think they expected him to be playing this much in the big leagues at this point in the season. I want to welcome in Craig Kashan here. Before we get all negative Nelly on this, Craig, I-, I want to talk about Joey Weimer. And he's had himself a really nice road trip. Maybe the haircut had something to do with it. Maybe the home cooking had something to do with it. But... We talked a lot about Bryce Terang and J.J. Hardy yesterday. Seeing Joey Weimer perform against lefties, he's like the only guy that does it. But perform on a road trip against some really good arms, I think is a, a good step forward for him and a guy that's really needed a good step. Yeah, for sure. He definitely needed this, and he's hung in there really well, battling through you know, the first couple of months of his, of his uh, big league career, basically. And... He, he's just another guy, you know, like Bryce Terang, in my opinion, Dom, that, that you know, he doesn't he doesn't wear anything negative on his sleeve at all. And that's the good part about him. And that's why you, you knew that you were going to start seeing uh, some of the offensive production that we saw on this road trip. And and you could be right about home cooking and whatnot and, and being back at the old college stomping grounds in Cincinnati. But, it, I mean, this kind of started in Toronto anyway for him. And um, it's good to see. I mean, the guys the guys kind of got a, a, a wild child little look about him. He's got a wild child little swing about him. And uh, I love it when it connects, and, and he just yanks that stuff right down the line. Um, I, I, he, he's a great hitter, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun watching him continue to grow like we've seen this week. I don't think people realize how hard it is to be thrown into a starting role, not only a starting role, an everyday starting role. Since Joey Weimer joined the team game two of the season, He's had one day off, and because of all the injuries around him and all the injuries to this team, he has had to play virtually every day and learn how to hit big league pitching every single day. And sometimes those fruits take a little bit labor to bear, but at the same time, you got to recognize when he's having a good game, realize, man, just like Bryce is going through right now, they are playing virtually every single day in their first year in the big leagues. And things get exposed when you're playing every single day. You never get a chance to take that breath, never get a chance to make adjustments. You're really just going on the fly by the seat of your pants. That has got to be really, really hard on both those guys. Well, it's got to be. And, you know, I'll never pretend to be in the positions that they that they are right now. But, but I do know this. Um, you you got to play two sides to be successful in this game for the most part. I mean, most of these guys... 
have to play the field and, and they have to hit. And that's the only way you're going to stay in the majors. And the, and the fact that both of them are so good defensively, um, it, it just to me has always seemed like it has taken their mind off of what they're learning at the plate and, and maybe some of the struggles that they're going through and the learning curves and that type of thing. Um, because when, when you see them do their thing out in the outfield, you have nothing but all the confidence in the world that everything hit their way they're going to get. And we've seen some knucklers get past Weimer. I think we saw it earlier in this series against Cincinnati uh, once and uh, back on the last homestand as well. That That's going to happen. Uh, but, I mean, it, it didn't ruin your confidence about what, what they're doing, you know, with their gloves. And and it, it's got to be the same thing for them, that they know that, you know, they're, they're playing the entire game out on the field and they only get to hit three or four times in a game. So, um it's uh it's something to watch it, it's something where you just have to say you know what these guys uh they continue to do what they do and and they're going to be they're going to be just fine and uh they, they've both been a lot of fun I, I do love watching them uh you know out on the field do their thing that's for sure out at you know second or short if it's a uh, terrain and and weimer out in center field you know when the season began council said this a while back when the season began, you know, uh, in real life, you're thinking, you know, in spring training that your fourth center fielder is going to be Joey Weimer, and they, they needed him pretty much right out of the gates, as it turned out. But he's done a wonderful job. He's been great. He's been great. Now to the reality of the situation. The Brewers are tied for the major league lead in shutouts as an offense. That's the eighth time they've been shut out tonight. Six of them have been by a left-handed starter. This is it's it's not breaking news anymore. This is who they are, and now with Darren Ruff out, he was making some great abs against left-handed pitching. Bryce Terrain doesn't play against lefties. Owen Miller's a guy who plays against lefties. You don't have Willie right now. Rowdy slides down in the order. You don't have a legitimate backup first baseman. It's now a point where this is the roster they're going to have against lefties, unless there's a trade that happens. And I'm sorry not to see the grass being greener, but at the same time, it's like I don't know where it's going to change. Yeah, and the thing about it too, Dom, is um, if, if you just look at you know some of the guys you mentioned, and this is going to be the lineup you're basically going to see, the numbers don't say their individual numbers don't say that they have been shut out six times. They have better numbers against left-handed pitching than than what we've seen as kind of an end result or. You know, when there's a left-handed starter out there, especially. Um, so they're they're capable of hitting left-handed pitching. It's not like um, there's some curse or there's something wrong because they put on a brewery uniform. They're, they've done it before, whether it's been, you know, for the young guys uh, in the minor leagues here this season that are on a big league roster or some of the veterans. It's not like they can't do it. It's not like they haven't had the success um, and I can't tell you what it is they need to figure out, uh, but they need to figure out something and, and to realize that if they're hanging their heads at all or if they're lacking um, you know, any confidence at all just because there's a lefty out there or they see Cincinnati say, you know what, uh, let's bring up our star pitcher from the minor leagues and have him make his major league debut against Milwaukee – and, and make them hang their heads. I mean, I can't imagine that's going on over on the Brewers' side at all. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll get it. You know, maybe hopefully, you know, just the first couple of months of the season they can get this out of their system because they're, they're way, way, way more than capable of, of producing and, and balancing this thing out before it's over. Well, this is where I get worried, though, Craig, is the fact that of, you know, guys that have played the majority of the season, Joey Weimer... William Contreras, Owen Miller are the only guys with an OPS over 650. Okay, I mean it, it's not a low, it's not a very high bar, and yet those those guys were all over 800 to be fair. But then the drop off is ginormous. Again, Miller, Contreras, and Weimer, the only guys with an OPS over 650 against left-handed pitching. Anderson has struggled. He's got reverse splits actually. Willie has struggled. Winker doesn't really play against lefties anymore. Darren Ruff was giving good ABs, but he's now out. Rowdy Telez has struggled. Yellow just struggled. I mean, I'm going down the list here. I I don't like being negative. But at the same time, the numbers at this point of the season, 
They really don't lie. Yeah, I know. I mean, that I've I've always said the same thing about the numbers too. But you know, I what do you do though, Dom? I mean, right. l- like you said, you can't you can't make a trade. Um, and well, you can make a trade, but I, I doubt whatever they could pull up is not going to be the complete difference maker of, of a lineup that needs to have nine different guys go in there. So, um, I don't know, man, they, they've got to figure out something because they're, they are so dead last in the league with, with some of those numbers that you're talking about as a team here right now. Um, it's, it's really it's not even funny, and and that's when you start looking at it and saying uh, why opposing managers and organizations even high up that make the, the bigger differences on things say, let's find a lefty somewhere or let's juggle up our starting rotation somehow or push somebody, push a righty back and have them not face the Brewers and make sure you bring in a lefty here somewhere to start. So um, it, it, it is a tad discouraging uh, there's no question about that because we're far enough into the season on this, but um, I, I simply don't have the answer. That's for sure. And if I, I don't have it and the Brewers don't have it, Dom, it's going to be up to you, buddy boy. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. They don't want to <laughs> see my skills against left-handed pitching. That's for sure. Topped out at JV, man. So it's all good. I know, I know my place. I know my place, and it's not to hit, but I'm just trying to be – fair in that it's a real thing it's just a concern that a lot of fans have that i think i know the brewers front office have something they have to figure out it's the story of this game but we do got to give some credit to the pitching and a difference making moment that's going to come up next we're with craig Kishon for another segment here on all an extended edition of brewers extra innings coming up more brewers extra innings on wtmj this is brewers extra innings on wtmj Julio Tehran, man, he deserves a better record than this. I'm not a big fan of pitcher record. I'm Dom Catronio with Craig Kishon, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. But Craig, one and two, it doesn't tell you anything about how well and how important Julio Tehran has been for the Brewers since he got picked up uh, from a minor league deal from the Padres. It's been great to watch. Well, he has been, and you could not ask for anything more out of a guy that's that's been out of the big leagues for his duration, and uh, and then having the desire to you know to come back here and be willing to you know sign a minor league contract like he like he did with San Diego and and just to get back on track that way but hey smartly so i mean he wasn't exactly tearing it up in the minors uh he he was having a good minor league season but apparently not good enough for the padres to to put him on their big league roster and I, you know i was talking to davini rotino earlier today about this i'm like you know, you, you look at the what he's done at the major league level in, in his three starts, and I'm thinking to myself, how can't the Padres, I mean, is their pitching staff that good? I mean, look where they are right now uh, record-wise. Uh, but anyway, for, for whatever reason, they couldn't use him, and the Brewers certainly could. So kudos to them for, you know, keeping an eye on him and, and picking him up. Um, but he's just been... Uh, so effective. Uh, he, he's just basically uh, stayed in control and and done his thing just to make sure that he's keeping this team in, in every single one of these games. What is he? He's one and two, though, in his three starts, and he's really barely given up anything. Uh, the two solo home runs, I mean, if you're giving up home runs and you give up two solo home runs, I mean, you're you're you've done your job, man. You've done your job exactly. to get a big time quality start like this tonight, and and to lose it to nothing is that's heart wrenching, man. In that band box too, absolutely. Yeah. It is yep. so hard to pitch in Cincinnati. I mean, this was a good road trip for the starters. Yes, Adrian Hauser had that blip on the radar in Toronto, but I mean, even then, he did his job and he was getting a million ground balls. It was just. I call that an anomaly for him. There wasn't a ton of loud contact against him, but still a lot of balls in play that were ground balls. I mean, the majority of the balls in play against him were grounders. But looking at this week, right, the Brewers pitching staff, the starters specifically, had a sub-4 ERA, 3.98, which is good, in seven 
starts. But what I, I like the most about this starting staff over this past week, they threw 40 and two-thirds innings. And you could have argued Tehran could have gone longer if that game was maybe in the other direction with the Brewers in the lead. He could have gone longer and you know, let him stretch out a little bit. But 40 innings over seven games from your starting staff, that's helping this bullpen and take a little bit of a breather right now, and maybe it can be a sign of things to come now that everybody's stretched out. Maybe you're getting healthy here soon with Wade Miley seemingly imminent on the way back, but that, that's a great note, the fact that they're getting five, six, even seven innings very consistently out of these guys now. Yeah, true, and and just in this series that they won against Cincinnati, and man, to, to lose the only game of a four-game series, two to nothing, but here's the thing about it. Uh, all of their starters... Uh, each one of them in this Cincinnati series, nobody gave up more than three runs. Um, and, and man, that, that's saying a lot. So, you, you know, that, that's great when you got the, the Baltimore Orioles coming in here. Um, I, I know the A's are coming in here, but, you know, take nothing for granted. Then you got to go play Minnesota and then, and then back home uh, for another homestand after that. I'm feeling good about where this rotation is and knowing, like you said, Dom, that Wade Miley's on the verge of coming back as well. Um, they're going to get some, they're going to get some of their arms back. They're going to get some of their horses back uh, offensively. It was great to see Arias out there today. Um, I know he didn't get a hit, but uh, you know, just seeing him go to work at third base, uh, you know, was, was great too. So um, depth is coming back and, and now it's time for these guys to, you know, do their thing by contributing to this team and, and pick up maybe, you know, for some of these other guys that are, you know, going to go into a little slump here for a bit or, you know, work their way back from injury. And by the way, the uh, Pirates just beat the A's. It's 5-4 to four the final. Uh, an eighth inning sacrifice fly from old friend Andrew McCutcheon helps them get the win. So technically, the Pirates are now in first place by a half game at 32-27. and 27. I don't care about standings on June 5th. I know some people do. Talk to me in July, then we can figure things out from there. But what I look at with the Brewers and what they're, I mean, they want to throw Devin Williams more. Heck, even today, Craig Council mentioned the fact they'd like to throw Hobie Milner some more. And he finally got in there today. They just haven't seen a lot of teams with left-handed batters as of late. And now you're getting ready for these Baltimore Orioles. And it's going to be all hands on deck. And they're going to be refreshed. They'll be sitting you know, waiting for you to come back to Milwaukee. They've been there all day today. So they've been hanging out, relaxed, and you're going to see a very potent lineup, maybe some lackluster starting pitching. And the good news is there are no lefties in their starting rotation nor any lefties scheduled to face the Brewers for left-handed starters. So that's some good news for them, but it's not getting easier. I called this earlier a litmus test series where, you know, you already lost a series to the Rays. Can you muster up something at home against a very good team in Baltimore? Well, now, you said there's no lefties in the rotation for the Baltimore Orioles, but there's still time down. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding when I say that, kind of. Yeah, but uh, don't, don't give them any that, ideas now, Craig. That's, that's, how, that's how we've seen it go. That's for sure, those last-minute ones. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be tested a little bit here. I mean, they're, they're a team that kind of came, I don't know if they came out of nowhere last year, but, man, they sure had a lot of eyes on them. Uh, the way they turn things around, and and this year, you know, clearly, I don't think anybody expected Baltimore to be doing what they're doing, and and uh, in Tampa, I mean, Tampa and Baltimore AL East powers right now is almost, you know, one of the headlines that you could repeat over and over and over again here into the month of June, and Milwaukee's getting a f- full dose of them, uh, especially over the last few weeks. They just saw Tampa recently too, so. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this this is again part of the the new balanced schedule that uh, that we is I think as baseball fans and and we all are even though we're working in this industry. Um, I, I have I have missed and and you know desired to see for for a long 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 many many years. I, I've been waiting for this schedule, and I think it's great that uh, that we get to see teams at least once. And so here comes Baltimore, and you know I, I uh, I'm hoping the Brewers can you know get hot here at home and and take advantage of some some June home cooking because they've got a nice stretch coming up. And it, they, you better hope they get a lead early because you're not going to get it against these last two arms 
in the Orioles bullpen. Uh, Yanir Cano, Felix Bautista. I mean, we're going to see two of the best changeups in the game with Cano and Devin Williams, so I can't wait to see that. Uh, the Brewers still don't have a comeback win. They only have one comeback win when trailing after seven innings. It was their first win of the season against the Cubs when they won 3-1, to one, trailing 1-0. One to but before we let you go, let me get a uh, difference-making moment for you. I mean, there's not really many in a 2 nothing game against the Reds. What do you got for this one here, Craig? Well, this might be a reach, Dom, but it's it's something I'm, gonna, I'm trying to hang my hat on uh, for tonight. And, and just hear me out on this. I thought the Brewers did a really nice job uh, hitting-wise against Andrew Abbott in the first two innings. They, they, they drove his pitch count up in a hurry. Uh, they drew walks. Now, they didn't get any hits. They didn't get any runs. But I thought they made them work. And then when they got through the second time through the order in the third and fourth innings, uh, I, they went after you know first pitch, second pitch. They made quick outs, two really quick innings. And, and I thought, you know, we, we know this happens at times for pitchers, but those are the two innings where Tehran came in. And I, I don't know if he struggled in those innings per se, but he had some base runners, and, and those were the two innings, the third and fourth, where he gave up the solo home runs as well. And, you know, when you lose two to nothing, it's hard not to look somewhere into that stretch and say something had to happen during that stretch. And, and I was really surprised. I thought that the Brewers had an opportunity to knock this young kid out uh, in that third, maybe in that fourth inning, because he was up near 50 pitches after two innings alone. So I, I found it interesting that, you know, he ends up with 105 pitches and, and goes six strong innings for them. Well, get this. He was at, this, that was exactly my take as well. The fact that he was at 53 pitches through two innings, right? 53 pitches through two innings. He only needed 52 for the last four innings. Yeah. That's how he got through this game. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that to me, I mean, if we agree on that, Dom, that is a first, and I feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're on to, on to something. There's only so many ways it can go in a 2 nothing game when That's you only right. have three hits. But That's we right. always appreciate your insight there, Craig. The difference-making moment of the game is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at NXWealth.com. All right, Craig, uh, we've got a big series coming up, big homestand, interleague play, Orioles and A's coming to town. Get some rest. We'll holler at you this week. See you at the ballpark, Dom. Yes, sir. Craig Deshaun joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to talk hot and cold, look around the league. Coming up next, this is Brewers Extra Innings. Coming up, more Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers fall 2 nothing. Looking to the top of the hour here on WTMJ. Craig Council coming up a little bit later on. Only three hits today for the crew. Here's the upcoming schedule now for Milwaukee as they try to get things going. Back at home, they're going to get a lot of home cooking. We talked about this the other day. Three against the Orioles starting tomorrow night. 41st pitch tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Then a 110 day game getaway day Thursday for the O's. The A's will come to town over the weekend. 7-10 Friday, 3-10 Saturday, and 110 on Sunday. Quick little jaunt for the border battle. Two games with off days Monday and Thursday between it. Two games set against the Twins on the 13th and 14th of June. Then right back home for two playoff teams right now, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks, back-to-back at home for a three-city road trip where they'll go Cleveland, New York, the Mets, that is, and back to Pittsburgh. And that's all leading up until the 4th of July. So the Brewers... Getting ready to face a couple of more quality opponents here, right? Now, the A's are obviously the worst team in baseball right now, but Baltimore projected to get into the postseason. Uh, Right now, the Twins are in a really bad division as well, and they're projected to get into the postseason too. Pirates, we talked about them already. They're in first place now, so they're a legit threat at this point in the year. The Diamondbacks, uh, they've been great. I don't know if you all have noticed, but they're right there neck and neck with the Dodgers at this point in the year. They just extended Torrey Lovello, their manager, so they're feeling good. 
Also, you've got the Guardians, who got uh, Tristan McKenzie back last week. So their pitching is great. I don't know if I believe the rumors that they might trade Shane Bieber. Plus, I don't know if the market is as high as they think it is in regards to what they would get back for Shane Bieber. But nonetheless, he might be on the on the block. And if the Mets keep swinging the way they've been swinging as of late, they've hit, they've hit a homer in 15 straight games. They're 10-5 and five over the last 15. So the Mets have been playing well. They're a hard team to beat at home, four-game set in Queens. And then you go to Pittsburgh in that pitcher-friendly ballpark, which has always been a house of horrors for the Brewers the last few years. So some just upcoming schedule look about here for the Brew Crew. I want to look around the league here real quick and tell you about who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Don't wait until it's too late. For your AC preventative maintenance, schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Have you all seen what's going on with uh, Luisa Rice right now with the Miami Marlins? It's been ridiculous. He got another couple of hits today, three hits today, rather. He had five hits yesterday against the A's. Uh, his numbers this year, he's got a 399 average. He's flirting with 400 in June. I don't think we're ever going to see anybody finish 400 again, but this is the closest thing we're going to have for a long time. He only has 11 strikeouts. 11. His on-base percentage this season is 450. And yet he's got a 495 slugging because he's got 15 doubles and only one homer. He's got more doubles than strikeouts. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's a shame, though, his team isn't very good. Granted, they're above 500 now. Five games over 500. They don't score many runs. He's only scored 22 runs himself despite being a leadoff hitter. I think that's such a wild anomaly. But listen to this, all right? This was pointed out to me on Twitter. First 445 games of their big league careers. Luis Arise and Tony Gwynn. Listen to this. Arise, 325 batting average. Gwynn, 324. Arise on base percentage, 384. Gwynn, 375. Total hits. Arise, 527. Gwynn, 522. Home runs. Arise, 15. Gwyn, 12. It's bonkers how similar they have been to starts of their careers. Uh, Arise, a little bit older, though, at this point. Of course, Gwyn was a college pick. Arise is 26 years old, so he's a little bit uh, younger than Gwyn was at this time, I should say, but he's still somebody who's been in the league for a few years, of course, was really breaking through with the Minnesota Twins. He has been an easy pick for who is hot right now. As for who's cold, the Oakland A's. Uh, They're coming to town this weekend. We'll have uh, some fun stuff coming. What uh, For those who don't know, my dad's the broadcaster for the Oakland A's. He's radio and now slash TV announcer for uh, Oakland. And uh, we'll have some fun with him over the weekend. But the A's, they've already got 50 losses. Second fastest team to ever reach 50 losses in a season. Going back to 1932. Man, I feel for him. I feel for A's fans. I feel for the Bay. We don't need to turn this into a whole discussion about Las Vegas and they're moving and all this stuff. It's not that simple. And even if they agreed to the legislature today, they wouldn't even open the ballpark until 2028. So there's a lot to figure out for the green and gold right now, not just the product on the field. But nonetheless, they're coming to Milwaukee for the first time in a while. I believe the last time they were in Milwaukee was something like 2018, 2017. I'll have to double-check that for you. But the A's are here this weekend after the Orioles coming up uh, here at home. Good to be home tomorrow. Really looking forward to it. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick breather. We're going to listen to Craig Council on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Brewers Extra Innings. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Another shutout. What more is there to say, right? Another shutout, their eighth of the year. 2-0 the final. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. You can follow our podcast feed, Brewers All Access, wherever you get your podcast. Everything is posted after the fact. 
for your reaction, for your insight, for your analysis on your own doing. You can follow me on Twitter. Sometimes I'm funny. Sometimes I tweet important stuff. I don't know. Social media is kind of weird. But anyway, let's listen to Craig Council. This was a, a tough one to swallow, obviously, but Julio Tehran pitched great. Here's the manager, Craig. We'll get that played for you here in just a moment. Uh, making sure that the sports desk is potted up here for you real quick. But the Brewers looking ahead, looking for Craig Council to try to what he can put on this lineup card, what he can try to, you know, muster up with this. I just see this team with Willie Adamas being injured right now, and they're going to survive this for the most part, right? So he got injured last Friday, not this previous Friday, but the Friday before that, you know, and they're going to end up being a decent run here. They're they're about 500 right now. They're 5-4 and four since he got injured. Now you're going to face the Orioles. And he won't be back uh, until Thursday. So we'll see how that ends up without Willie Adamas. But we've been saying really since their hot start that they've been about a 500 team ever since they got off to that great start against uh, Seattle when they were 14 and 5 on the year. They were 14 and 5, and now they're 32 and 28. So doing quick math in my head, you know, that's what, let's see, 18 and 13 since then. So that's math, right? Something like that. So it, it's not pretty <laughs> so all right now let's double check here let's get a uh, Craig Council's thoughts on this loss tonight it seamless kind of the way that there hasn't yet been a bump for him coming back after so long away um well I think he's you know I think he's done better than probably your description I think he's he's pitched great I mean it's that's is this is three very very solid starts um really in you know, all three pitched well enough for us to win win a game win games um so, I mean, you know, there wasn't, I didn't, you know, you don't completely know what to expect with a guy that's going to bend around, but he, you know, what he's showing is that um, he's throwing the ball well, like we thought he was throwing the ball well in AAA, and um, he's making pitches and doing a great job. So, um, you know, I give him a lot of credit for um, doing what he's doing. It's, it's uh, you know, put that spot in order for us, and he's given us three big performances. What did you see from him at AAA that was, was so effective? Because the numbers, you know, don't necessarily. Yeah, it's up. just some other some other stuff that our guys like to look at, and the way he was going, the process kind of of it, and that's what we liked. What were your first impressions of Abbott, their lefty? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we did a nice job in the first inning making him work. We did a nice job in the second inning uh, making him work. The, you know, we couldn't obviously the two strikeouts down that inning were, were big, and then and then he was efficient after that. And you know, we we didn't get any hits. I mean, we didn't you know do enough to put pressure on him. Really, didn't put him in. He put himself in some pressure situations with the walks or, or some you know a, a pitch count situation with the walks. But we just we didn't square enough base up enough baseballs to to get anything done. Was it kind of like effectively wild a little bit? I, I don't, I don't know if I'd say that. Um, you know, we just we just didn't do just didn't do enough offensively. You know, we've asked you about this stuff. Lefties have been tough, and you're you know you get you get Gurrius back. Um, do, do you have ideas of of like what it's going to take to turn that? Um, just I mean, it's the guys that played tonight, or we're going to have to do a better job create offense with the guys that play tonight. Those are the guys that are going to play, um, and so it's you know it's as simple as that. Um, we've got to do we've got to create more offense and create more pressure um, with with the nine guys tonight. Being much done, we just talked about a couple nights ago. He's done a good job against lefties. What is it about those at bats that he just seems to be so comfortable? In? I mean, he's he's got the platoon advantage in those at bats, and um, I, Joey had a really good series, uh, very good series, and it's just um, you know he's obviously the breaking ball has given him trouble from the other side, and so it's it's a different look obviously with that you know, left-handed breaking ball. Yeah, nice trip. I mean, you feel like he's kind of on the rise a little bit when you think about the last. Well, I mean, I think you know, I think thirty seconds. This, this is how a season works, and but you, you have to have some good stretches, and um, you know he'll they'll be at some point he'll have a tough stretch, but but I think um, 
you know, he, he, he had a good trip, like you said, and he hits, hit some right-handers well, too. So um, that's that's a good sign. And, you know, like we, all, we said, these guys are going to get, you know, better, um, hopefully, by... You know, just gaining experience, seeing pitches, seeing seeing the slider from a right-handers a lot. Um, that's what Joey needs, and he's doing a nice job with it. He hung in there, and Joey, again, two hits of the three total tonight for the Brew Crew. Was really one of the only positives. Him and Julio Tehran of the bullpen kept the Brewers alive and in it, only allowing two mistakes, only allowing two runs. You're going to win more of those games than you don't, and the Brewers get shut out again their eighth time this season. We're not going to have a traditional highlights segment, given the fact that, well, they got shut out. But let's talk a little more in-depth about the game. Go down the box score. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Yeah, the Brewers lost 2-0. But there were some highlights in this. And when it's a 2-0 game and he, he didn't allow a run... You know, by offense, it was all via home run, right? It wasn't by, like, a rally or anything like that. Uh, this was a, a weird game for the Brewers, but the defense certainly showed up to play in this one. Furthermore, the uh, the Reds, they, looking at the box score here, I didn't even realize this until looking back at it, they didn't have a single at-bat with a runner in scoring position. That's crazy. Zero. Zero at-bats. With a runner in scoring position today. But let's get to a few highlights, specifically from the defense. With Luis Arias back, you know this defense is going to really improve, specifically at third base. I don't know how much Brian Anderson is going to play there, or he's going to play right field, given the injury to Tyrone Taylor. But nonetheless, Weicho's back. He's at the hot corner making plays. 2-0 pitch. Ground ball, sharply hit. Backhanded by Arias. To his feet. Throws to second. It's high. But Miller was able to hold the bag, and they will get Newman at second base. Welcome back, Weicho. Weicho made a heck of a play called by Lane Grindle. Then also in that inning, they finally were able to throw out a red. Remember, they stole nine bases on Saturday in that crazy 10-8 game. And and uh, William Contreras put his foot down early. Spencer Steer, there goes the runner. Pitch is inside. Throw to second is in time. What a throw. What a tag. Contreras to Miller. He tagged him on the hip. And the Brewers get out of the inning. So, fine. Finally setting the tone and saying, no, no, no more stolen bases. And credit to Julio Tehran being a little bit quicker to the plate, varying up his timing as well, finding ways to make new looks too. And then there was a wacky play and a little tweener in the shallow right field. Uh, Owen Miller was trying to go out and make the play. Couldn't quite track it down, but Brian Anderson reminding everybody, don't run on him. And the first pitch to him. Popped him up. Shallow right field. Long run for Anderson. Owen Miller's out there, and now it's going to drop in front of Anderson. India's going to be waved around third. Here's the throw from Anderson to the plate. Contreras has him, and he applies the tag in time on India, and the inning is over. I mean, William was waiting for him to arrive at the plate, and he still tags him out. And that kept it a 2-0 game. You felt like, all right, that could be a momentum changer, getting the Brewers going in the right direction, but it obviously didn't. But I, I liked what we saw from the defense tonight. They've fallen off a little bit in the defensive run saved leaderboard. Uh, now they're kind of falling more to like fifth, sixth when you add up the total defensive runs saved. But there's a couple of reasons for that, right? When we look at advanced stats, I don't want people to freak out when like Christian Yelich is now a plus one defensive run saved and three outs above average, which is really good. But I want to remind folks about defensive run saved. I mean, there's only so much you can do about balls being put in play. You can't defensively save any homers and the Brewers give up a lot of home runs and you can't defensively save doubles down the line and shots to the gap right it's tough to do that so the Brewers have been getting up a lot of that contact and you need chances right I mean Yelich hasn't really had that many opportunities in left field to make plays I pointed out the great play the cutoff he played he made uh, yesterday with Adrian Hauser on the mound to keep it to a single then they got out of the inning with the double play a couple of pitches later so maybe you know the eye test matches and yes, there's still a top six, top five defense in baseball by the advanced stuff. But don't be hurt by the fact that the Brewers aren't number one anymore. They're still a very, very good defense and should be getting better when Adamas comes back as well. We'll wrap up the show coming up right after this on WTMJ. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Okay. It's a loss, flush it. They still won the series. Don't need to completely 
overreact about this one. What's ahead for the Brew Crew, right? We talked about the fact that the Orioles are coming to town. Freddie Peralta will be taking the ball tomorrow for the crew. He is 5-5, five and five, a 4.62 ERA. The scheduled starter is Kyle Gibson for the Baltimore Orioles. Gibson, he's on a one-year deal, 35 years old now. This season with the Orioles, after coming over from the Phillies last season, he's got a four-point, or excuse me, a three-point-eight-nine ERA. Seven and three doesn't tell you everything, but he's made twelve starts. Doesn't really strike out the world, obviously. At five-point-nine strikeouts per nine, he's never been a strikeout kind of guy. Not even a ground ball kind of guy. Just keeps the ball in the yard. Now this season, he didn't really do that the last couple of seasons, but an only eight percent home run to fly ball rate, which is really really good. His fielding independent to pitching suggests that maybe he's been a little lucky, but not too lucky, but he's been a, a stable piece of the rotation for the Orioles. As for the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. Again, we're at 610, or excuse me, 640 tomorrow, 640 on Wednesday, and then also at 110 on Thursday. Gibson versus Peralta tomorrow. Dean Kramer versus Corbin Burns on Wednesday night. And then Thursday afternoon, Kyle Bradish against Colin Ray. All righties going in this one for that series. Mind you, right now, looking at the injured list, uh, Cedric Mullins has got a strained groin, but maybe the highlight of all of it is the fact that we will see the Urias brothers play against each other, Ramon and Luis, first time they will share a field. Because remember last year when the Brewers went to Baltimore, Weicho was hurt with his strained quad that he sustained in spring. In training now, he's back just in time to see his brother representing Magdalena. If you haven't checked it out on MLB's YouTube, leading up to the World Baseball Classic, there was a great short feature made about Magdalena de Quino in Sonora. Uh, Sonora's where my mother's half of the family's from, by the way. So I uh, know a little bit about Magdalena out there. So really, really cool story to see the tiny town shown off uh, in front of the world stage and just two kids from, from Magdalena, the Urias Hermanos, making it to the show. So congratulations for what should be a very fun week for the Urias family. We'll have Brewers extra innings for you tomorrow and on Wednesday. However, it'll be Greg Matzik hosting the show tomorrow at as I've told you before, Tuesdays are my days on assignments. I'm in Atlanta getting ready for Mets Braves on TBS. And then I'll be back for you Wednesday night after the game. And then we'll have uh, extra innings all weekend long. No extra innings on Friday, on Thursday. My thanks to Sam Butson producing and to Craig Kishon joining. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging. <laughs>